Welcome to this week's Henchmen of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And I am officially in the top 200 Matt's club. I'm Matt Golden. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, pretty good, but that's actually very hard to get the top 200 Matt's, because I'm pretty sure there's close to 10 million Matt's in this world. Yeah. Or do you mean like top 200 like human doormats? No, no, no. People named Matt. Um, the list for people named Matthew, though, is zero, because okay. anybody named Matthew is a psychopath and probably a serial killer, like Matthew Broderick, because he killed that lady that one time. Or Matthew Vaughn, clearly. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. He's murdered countless yeah. people. It's just not in the news like when Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Kick-Ass is actually not a Mark Miller comic book. It's actually based off Matthew Vaughn's violent life story. It really, truly is. Um, and we're going to talk much, much more about Matthew Broderick's vehicular manslaughter later, but today we're talking about all the new comics that came out in whatever month we're in, March? Yeah, we're in well, at least March. I was convinced it was April for a second there. Uh, and as always, we'll be going in order by publisher. Uh, we don't actually do this typically. Because uh, we we'll, usually start with like Marvel or something. Yeah, but I'm just saying like we'll be going through like the order of like we'll be reading like X publishers books first. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. do do that. That's correct. We're super professional. Uh, <laughs> Our pre-show notes are intact in somewhere. Uh, but we're going to be reading our, or talking about our first Albatross book we were talking about. But it's a book Albatross that... Albatross funny books. Book. That Matt and I are very well acquainted with and have been reading for years, too. Yeah, Alex actually just really inspected this book and he was just getting the... Um, the name of the publisher. I really thought he was trying to figure out who wrote and illustrated it, which was kind of ridiculous because it's The Goon uh, by Eric Powell. Yeah. After years being gone, it's now back, finally. Cool. I was never sure it was ever going to return. In fact, I didn't wasn't aware that it ended. Read the ending. Wasn't happy with it. And so I'm super stoked that it's back. Uh, I could not be more excited. The 20th anniversary of The Goon happened. So Eric Powell thought, what better way to celebrate the 20th anniversary of this beloved character than to just bring it back out of retirement? Uh, and I don't know what you thought, but like, I loved it. Like it, it hit every single beat that I love about the goon. Absolutely. It did. It was fan fucking tastic. Like the goon got more serious, a little bit darker toward the end of the original run. I guess even though the runs ongoing, it's kind of weird. To, I'm not really sure the best way to phrase that, but this was a little bit more lighthearted, uh, with still the, the deadpan humor that I love the twisted humor, but still with all the macabre, uh, background and setting of their town with the undead uh and curses and all that lovely stuff i absolutely love the goon it's been one of my favorite books uh to read it's one of the few books that is longer than uh 15 trades that i own the entirety of it's absolutely fantastic in the art that eric powell does in this he not only writes it he draws and it, does he color it too i'm uh, gonna say yes don't answer uh it's all eric powell it's fantastic. He um, actually hand screens each copy. <laughs> he cho- he grows his own trees to, to print the book on. Chops them down. He makes the ink himself. Yeah, exactly. He creates the pulp. Uh, that's why it went on hiatus because his supply finally caught up. Um, but what was your favorite part in this uh, return issue? Uh, just seeing all the characters. Uh, seeing all the beloved. Seeing Frankie uh, come back. Yep. Uh, seeing Mister Nagel come back. Uh. Love me some spiders. Yeah. Uh, I love the interaction with the kid that yeah. they've got. Uh, they have a known, no nonsense kid policy, and it's it's just fan fucking. I love the realtor of the uh, of the <laughs> damned. 
uh, showing them all the homes that they could stay, and they all had death curses on them. Yeah. He's like original windows, uh, wooden floors, and a death curse. He reminded me of the shame monster from uh, Big Mouth season two. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think that's pretty. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty apt comparison. Uh, we're going to go ahead and first of all, spoilers for every book we talk about. So spoilers for the goon, and spoilers yeah, for spoil any other book we talk about. The goon doesn't die, so you know you're fine. And we're actually talking about our first Archie comics on the show. Yeah. Uh, here we were last time thinking we had covered every publisher that was known to man. And here we are with two new publishers that we've never talked yeah. about before. And, and again, it's books. weird because like like we've read The Goon. I've read Riverdale and Archie and Jughead comics variously like through over the years. So I'm like, yeah, of course we've covered this. But... Oh, real quick back on The Goon. I'm, I'm very, very sorry. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Goon used to be on Dark Horse. It is now on Albatross. What does that mean? Because Alex and I are avid collectors, and one of our biggest pet peeves in collecting is when a new binding comes out that is different. For a from, trade. Yes. Yeah. I am terribly afraid that I'll never be yeah. able to co- like. We're putting together a class editions. action lawsuit against every publisher out there. Mostly uh, Albatross funny books, because <laughs> if it doesn't match up with the rest of my 16 goon trades, I'm going to lose it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to burn my house I hope it's a giant down. eyesore. Oh, it probably will be. Anyways, back to uh, Archie Comics and Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. And this was written by Kelly Thompson, who's been quickly rising to the rank of one of my favorite writers. We recently talked about West Coast Avengers, which she wrote up and reading her Jessica Jones run, which is also fantastic. Uh, and art on this is done by Veronica Fish. And I read the newer run of Sabrina, which was actually written by the showrunner of the Netflix show. Uh, Roberto Aguirre? Yes. If uh, hopefully I'm not totally butchering that, uh, but this this issue seems to blend elements from the new TV show, uh, yep, the classic TV show, yep. like the lighter hearted comics, but still some of the darkness and the edge of the current television show too. Yeah, it was it blended everything and it was humor. Uh, the art's fantastic. The writing was quick paced. It was fun. It had a lot of beats you're familiar with, like Harvey was in there. Uh, as well, her love interest. Yeah. Uh, Salem actually talked, which he's always talked in the comics, but if you've been watching the show, uh, obviously you miss that. Yeah, he doesn't talk in Roberto's book either. Uh, I really love the ele- elements of like whenever uh, Sabrina would cast a spell, it's like say spell number one and say what the spell did or the, the magic words for it and have a nice little like panel box for it as well too that was kind of set in between two panels usually. I thought that was a really nice touch. Everything about this I thought was smart, and it seems like a, like it's a like a teen book almost. But I loved it. Like, yeah, I it was a lot was of fun. Really good. Yeah, Kelly Thompson, she's fantastic at what she does. Yeah, and if I, I was, was a teenager and I liked the character Sabrina like a lot more than I do, yeah. I would. This would be my favorite comic book. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if I was a big fan of the show, even though this is different from the show in a lot of ways, I would still enjoy this. That's a nice change of pace without destroying like the mythos of the character either. Yeah, it's it actually is much aligned with the show i think because the show is very cutesy at times and this is really cutesy at times but it also mixes that dark element it's great good stuff uh we're on to our first dark horse book uh of this week which is invisible kingdom written by g willow wilson speaking of people on fucking fire right now g willow wilson yeah. what up long time miss marvel writer uh art by christian ward yeah. uh this is set in a sci-fi world that has some dystopian elements to it as well uh, but there's still space travel and all that as well, so it's not just grounded like in a science fiction universe or anything. It kind of the story is sort of split into two separate stories. Uh, I like I, both of them. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was for me, it was a little confusing because I thought it was a, little, a lot, but that's kind of be expected for a first issue. I think this would read better as a trade, uh, personally. Yes. Just because there is so much world going on at once and it's all brand new, uh, to us as well. Uh, that being said, I think the, the world is being developed very, very well. And I think I'm actually going to be picking this one up for the entirety of its first, uh, trade run, first five issues at least. Uh, I typically don't really buy much beyond that, but this one I'm I'm definitely going in all in the first five because there's some really really neat elements to, uh, to this storytelling wise and art wise. Yeah, it seems to have like a, a philosophy background all to the storytelling, uh, but not sacrificing it to where it sounds pretentious or anything, uh, but to where it makes there, there's more than just the surface words that you're reading. Yeah, uh, if I had three words to describe this book, because we really haven't kind of gotten into anything, uh, nuns in space. Okay, I was going to say comic book, yes. Uh, oh, yeah, you were way more descriptive than I was there. Nailed it. Comic book, yes. Uh, check out G. Willow Wilson's Invisible Kingdom comic book, yes. Or nuns in space, your choice. We've uh, talked a lot about Black Nuns Hammer. Nuns in space sounds over. boring, but it's it was actually really good. Uh, we've talked a lot about Black Hammer over uh, our time during this podcast. Uh, I think the first time after talking about a single issue of Black Hammer, because there's 25 Black Hammer spinoff series. There's actually more Black Hammer spinoff series than there are X-Men books. So <laughs> it, it, it's almost impressive for one man to be doing all this. Yeah, Jeff Lemire comes in with his fourth um, fourth book, um, fourth single book, while he's also currently writing his fourth single trade for this book. So he seems to be doing one spinoff per trade. But it's Black Hammer 45, by the way. With art by Ray Fox, I believe, as well. And Matt Kent. Okay, and Matt Kent. Uh, I don't know what Ray Fox does on that, but I know Matt Kent is definitely the artist. Uh, Maybe they both did art together. Maybe Ray Fox is a writer. Who the fuck knows anymore? There's five (laughs) names on this fucking book. Who knows? But I know Matt Kent is definitely the artist. Uh, Holy crap, this book was great. Yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, To be honest with you, I haven't read Black Hammer 3 yet, and I haven't read The Quantum Age yet. Uh, But this has probably been my least favorite of all the Black Hammer stuff I've read. I still enjoyed it. I still thought it was good. However, also, when I read the first Black Hammer trade, I didn't see what the big deal was until after I got to the second issue. Like, by the first issue, I was like, well, this is good, but I don't see why it's so great. And then by issue two, I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. So I'm hoping for more of the same with this. Yeah, I'll still be buying the trade of this regardless. Quantum Age, for anybody who read that, was extremely readable and fun week by week. This one's going to be one where the payoff is definitely in the trade. Uh, Week by week, you might lack a little bit. That being said, I think the payoff on this one could be bigger than any one that he's done so far. Uh, It's basically set in 1945, and it's about a bunch of uh, American pilots. Um and they're all minorities uh, as well. And it just happens to take place in the world of Black Hammer. Golden Gale comes along. Yeah. And I mean, if you're a fan of Black Hammer already, I see no reason not to pick this up and read it. Jeff Lemire is one of my all-time favorites at this point. And he's he's proved, again, to me, why he is at the absolute top of his game right now and why nobody can touch his shit. One, because shit smells like poop. Um, <laughs> but... He's Beautiful one. analogy you have. Quite the way with words. <laughs> shit, shit are you our like are you our nation's poet laureate? That's how I became one of the top two hundred mats, dude. Oh, yeah, I can see why. It must have been a s- stiff competition. It really wasn't. Well, we're gonna move on to Image Comics now uh, and talk about Assassination Nation. Uh, assassination Nation. Uh, assassin Nation, not Assassination go. Nation. Man, assassin 
Nation. That would have been a much better name, Assassination Nation. <laughs> the alliteration is yeah. is a lot. Uh, so Assassin Nation is something that Image promotes on a bunch of their social media. Now, here's the thing with what Image does. I know a book is going to be good by how much they promote on their social media. Like That's something that I can be like, oh, okay, this is something I'm going to really look forward to. It's going to be probably pretty good. They're going to push it. This is one of those things that they did and, again, nailed it. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, it's written by Kyle Starks, who I know I've read before. I can't remember what he's written off my head. Art by Erica Henderson, uh, who was the artist on Unbeatable Squirrel Girl for the longest time. Oh, that's where I know that art from. Yeah, her art style is very distinct. It's unique. Uh, it's yeah. fun. It's good. Um, and you open it up and we get to the first page. There's a ranking of 20 assassins. I uh, just kind of scroll through the names and you read rank number 20. And the assassin's name is Fuck. So, like, number, uh, yeah, fuck Thompson, and then number yeah. nineteen was Dave. Yeah, so <laughs> right then you're on board. Yeah, I was I was sold pretty much immediately. I was confused by all the amount of names. But by the end of the issue, when there's like eight assassins left because they all kill each other, uh, I was I was sold. This was something I wasn't expecting to like, but I liked quite a bit. Yeah, I, I liked it more than I thought I would, too. Uh, it started off a little slow, but then it picked up really quickly and got great. Seeing all the assassins hang out with each other, uh, admire their skills, talk about their own ranking, which is understood, and basically where this is going to go to see which assassin is going to finish up on top. Yep. Uh, first 10 to 12 pages were definitely a little slow, but those last 12 to 14 pages were some of the best out of this entire month. Uh, and our next image book is Hit Girl, written by Kevin Smith. This is the fourth uh, Hit Girl book uh, since Mark uh, Miller started up. There was his run, Jeff Lemire's run, Raphael, Raphael Albuquerque's run, and now Kevin's run. Uh, woot, woot. Uh, and it's basically about Hit Girl stopping a school shooting, which I thought was a very appropriate thing for Hit Girl to do. I like the more... It's, it's super dark, though, to like kind of read it. Uh, There's no words until yeah. the last page. Yeah, but it still told a whole story. You, you knew that it was going to happen. Uh, and while Hit Girl is stopping the shooter and she slices off his head, she sees that there's an unauthorized biography about her. And she reads the back and it's about uh, how it's about to be made into a major motion picture. And so it ends with Hit Girl going to Hollywood to stop this movie from being made. If that sounds familiar, it is the plot of Blunt Man. I mean, James Not Bob Strike Back to stop the Blunt Man and Chronic movie getting made. And I'm totally on board for that. I am too, but I was honestly a little disappointed with the fact that there's absolutely no dialogue because it's Kevin Smith. The dude can write dialogue, so I was a little bummed that he just went with. Yeah, that's an interesting point, especially when mode. like yeah, when dialogue is considered his strong point, and he'll be even be the first one to say that as well too. Yeah. So I mean, so he went with a story he's yeah. already told instead of going with his heavy dialogue. I'm yeah. sure he's going to work it in there, but he's doing a Jay and Silent Bob reboot right now, which is going to be basically. Another version of exactly what we just read. And I should sell too, the artist on this is Pernille Orem, and I believe she's the first female artist to ever work on Hate Girl, too. And I, I thought the art was great. It was really weird to have like this that cutesy really art good, style yeah. also going on for violent actions with the school shooting, too. Yeah, so. that's always one of my favorite part of comic books is when there's such a dichotomy between the two, uh, the storytelling and the art. We're going to jump into our first and only DC book of the month. I'm super mad that you didn't get impressed by the, the fact that it used the word dichotomy, and I'm super <laughs> mad. I have been looking at dictionary words of the day for months, and I finally came across one I'm I I'm glad you've been doing your homework. 
exercising your podcasting skills, making your language a little more robust. I really have. I listened to dictionary.com's pronunciation of dichotomy about 45 times before I was <laughs> well, comfortable you saying it. it. Yeah. And I practiced with my girlfriend beforehand. She ran lines with me. Uh, he break it. It's actually pronounced dichotomy. Yeah. Uh, there's an H there. Uh, I'm a, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Boy, a method actor, so <laughs> the I words had, of the day is really working out for you. <laughs> I'm a method actor, so I had my girlfriend put on a patchy fake beard, uh, and then we kissed like Alex and I do before and after every yes, podcast. That's that's method acting, all right. <laughs> uh, but our only DC book is Dell H for Heroes, written by Sam, Sam Humphreys. Humphreys. Yeah, Ooh, I knew that uh, shit. And. Uh, I, I've never read any Dial H stuff forever. This is my first uh, dive into anything with uh, any of the Dial H series. So I wasn't sure what to expect. Uh, but it was fun. Like It was very much like Sam Humphrey's previous stuff. If you read Sam Humphrey's run on Nova from Marvel, it's very much like that. A young teenage boy who yearns for more and all of a sudden gets this great power. Uh, it is not sexual like Alex kind of described it to be. Well, he does work in a only mayo truck. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Nailed it. Uh, I thought this was surprisingly good. Yeah, it was a lot better than think. I thought it was going to be. Uh, and really, I don't think you know like where it's going to go either. No, uh, no fucking when clue. he gets the phone and dials H, which sounds very confusing. If you're, I mean, it's confusing if you read it. Uh, you see the letter four, uh, the letter four, the number four, and H burn into various DC uh, characters' foreheads. We see it on Harley. We see it on Lobo. We see it on Alfred, who seems to be calling Batman at the time to let him know. Um, this was really, really cool. I, yeah. I have absolutely no experience with Dial H, but holy shit, I was floored by how good this was. I wasn't expecting it. Wonder Comics has been just a massive success so far for DC. Yeah. I know I, that um, uh, Naomi has been ordered to second and third and fourth prints for the yeah. first and second and third issues. So great for great for Wonder Comics. Yeah, and this is I think it's a great book for uh, younger readers as well, probably like you know, from like fifth to eighth grade, but also it, it's parents will enjoy it too. Yeah, that, I mean that's what Wonder Comics is. It's a, yeah. it is a mostly like a kids and teens book, but it's still really really fun. And I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, shit I agree. Out of it. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and dive into our first Marvel book. Yeah, which, there's one DC one, which is Ghost Rider destroys the Marvel Universe. Cosmic uh, Ghost Rider. Sorry, that is very important. Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys the Marvel Universe. Uh, written by. Uh, What's his face? Nick Giovanetti and Paul. What's his face? Paul Shear. Paul Shear of uh, fame from the League, uh, Human Giant. Um, How did this get made? Podcast, which is second to only our podcast. Clearly, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I really enjoyed this. It's like if you've read like Deadpool kills Marvel Universe or the original Punisher kills the Marvel Universe. Uh, it's sort of in line with that. It takes a little backslog though and basically it carries off with some of the elements from Jeff Lemire's run on Thanos and Donny Cates' run on Cosmic Ghost Rider and makes a little bit further where Uatu the Watcher warn Ghost Rider not to mess with the past but he does anyways so you get a lot of fun moments of him telling uh, a young Frankie uh, his story and his background. He's telling uh, classic Marvel moments just with Cosmic Ghost Rider inserted into each and every Mm -hmm. one of them and this book is is fantastic for related. Yeah. And holy shit, it was so fun. Like, I know. The trial of Reed Richards I thought was great. Yeah, it was uh, The two bits, like when he says, like, who doesn't love courtroom drama? And the kid's like me. And he's like, all right, we'll skip all the bits with Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then whenever they're interviewing lawyers to represent him, like, uh, 
Everyone's like, no, no. You get to Deadpool. He's like, I'm in. And he's like, never mind. <laughs> uh, this was such a fun, fun fucking book. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It's a five issue series, I believe. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm really excited for this, and it's make, gonna make me go back and reread, or read actually, the Thanos, the Cosmic Ghost Rider. Yeah, I highly recommend missed. Jeff Meyer's Thanos run, and I recommend Donny Cates's uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider run too. Donny Cates' uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider has been announced as one of the best Marvel books the last few years. So yeah, check it out. I, I don't doubt that at all. Uh, next, we're gonna move on to the Magnificent Miss Marvel, uh, written by Solomon Ahmed. Uh, with art by Ming-Chu Jung. Jubila uh, Wilson has written Miss Marvel basically since her conception, or the Kamala Khan version of Miss Marvel, I should say. Uh, so it's kind of a big deal to have someone actually take over the mantle. Uh, I love Solomon Ahmed's run on Black Bolt. I didn't like his run on Exiles. Uh, his run on Black Bolt was highly critically acclaimed. Yeah, he was, it was on a lot fantastic. of best people, yeah. uh, a lot of people's a uh, year in list. Yeah, as and best rightfully comics. so. Yeah. Uh, and I loved Exiles, the original run. Just kind of disappointed with what, maybe my hopes were too high for it. So I had mixed feelings going into this. Uh, and I thought this was good, not great. It did carry over a lot of the stuff that was great about G. Will Wilson's run and tried to take it on his own. Uh, but I think it's kind of, I think he had a tall mountain to climb and I'm not sure if he hit it off the mark with this first issue. There's a lot going on in this first issue, but I, I will say that I thought it was good. Um, and I would even venture to say it was it was really good. Uh, not great. It wasn't my favorite thing that I read this week, but it, I don't think it was my least yeah. favorite thing. If you're not familiar with Miss Marvel, I'd probably recommend Jules to run first before you dive into this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll know the characters. That was the only thing that people who are new to this comic won't get right away yeah. is the fact that... Her family dynamic names, or yeah. her friends or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so... Read the other ones before you read this. Uh, next, we're going to move to Meet the Scrolls, written by Robbie Thompson, art by uh, uh, Nico Hinrichon. I'm I probably butchered that. You butchered uh, the shit out of so many say, names. It's fine. The art was fantastic. I actually love the art in this that book. It was so cool. Yeah, the art was really good. The this, story was great. Yeah, this story was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I've read a lot of Robbie Thompson stuff, and it's always been like, in my opinion, good, not great. But this was a lot better than I was expecting it to yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, I love this story and it reminded me a lot of like a more fun version of Tom King's vision run. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it, especially like with having that sort of dark ending at the end too. Yeah. Uh, But basically scrolls have been on earth this entire time. They've seated themselves in positions, not necessarily of power, but or influence, but where they can get the information they need uh, to basically stop humanity. People like Tony Stark, uh, from destroying them or making technology to where their power is no longer effective or anything. And for these, you know, the scrolls are shapeshifters, which anyone that's seen the new Captain Marvel movie uh, is familiar with them in some degree. Yeah, it it was kind of like an espionage book a little bit. Yeah, and I really enjoyed that. And you have the teenage daughter who doesn't want to be a part of this, uh, because she's doesn't she she's a nonviolent person. She doesn't like taking life. She has the hard job of trying to influence herself into a group of popular mean girls. Uh, which can't be easy. It took Lindsay Lohan an entire movie to do it. Uh, <laughs> she should just read how to how to uh, make friends and influence people. Yeah, yeah. How to win friends and influence people. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't yeah. earn friends; you win them. I think she should just stay in, in her a room game of cards and watch Ten Things I Hate About You. <laughs> Mostly, I hate the way I don't hate this book. Not even a little bit. 
Yeah, this is, like you said, like this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I, I really enjoyed this book. Did you not? Fine, fuck you. I, I, I just quoted the. Oh, fuck. I, I've never seen. It. I only watched the Heath Ledger singing scene, uh, <laughs> and that's it, over and over again. Uh, that they make fun of in not another team movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Janie's got a gun. Yes. <laughs> with Chris, with Captain America. Yeah. So we're yeah. still on exactly brand. staying on brand. Is what we're all boom, about. Boom. Boom. Uh, so we for the Age of X Men, uh, other verse, other world series of X Men books, we talked about Age of X Men. Uh, we did the Amazing Nightcrawler, and now we're about to jump into our third book that we've run the series, which is Prisoner X, uh, written by someone to me that's a new writer, uh, Vita Ilea, with art by Jermaine Peralta. I've never read anything uh, by them, to my knowledge. It's a brand new name to me. So I wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't have high expectations going in. But I enjoyed this book a lot more than I thought it was. In fact, it's probably my favorite book of the Age of X-Men books that I've read so far. I think... A, that's not a tall like hill to climb, but B, you're definitely right. Uh, this was actually surprising to me. This was the one book that Alex picked out, and typically Alex will kind of pick out whatever I'm not getting already, and uh, usually it's kind of some scraps, leftover stuff, in my personal opinion. But this one I was pleasantly surprised with. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was nice too because like it showed Bishop like having flashes of like the actual like six one six Marvel universe. So yeah. like we finally like they know something is amiss or at least he does like watching his memories with Gabby uh, was nice touch his memories with Beast uh all working together uh, and we see Polaris as well Lorna Dane and she obviously thinks something is amiss but the whole prison setting worked out really well it added a nice tension a lot of drama I always had a soft spot for Bishop from the cartoon one of my first books I read when I was venturing out to the hero world was Agent M from the House of M series, which starred Bishop as well. So I was enjoying another series with him as lead. And like I said, I wasn't expecting much, but this was a really good book and worth a read. Anything with Gabby, I'm all for. I think she's great. Yeah, and we should say one of the other mutants in this is Moonstar as well, uh, Danny Moonstar. Uh, but those five we mentioned are really the big mutants that are on play for Danny this. Moonstar oh, for just the warden. Sound, Danny Moonstar sounds like a wrestler. Uh, yes, that's actually Stone Cold Steve Austin's birth name. <laughs> uh, don't know why he changed it. <laughs> it was a way better name before. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're going to talk about our last book of the week and our last Marvel book, obviously. It is probably the most anticipated of the entire month, I would say. Yeah. At least for me, it was. Uh, but it's written it's Spider-Man Life Story uh, in the, the 60s, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Mark Bagley. Uh, who I've always been a huge fan of his art ever since I started reading Ultimate Spider-Man written by Bendis with art by him. Uh, so I'm, I think putting him back on a Spider-Man book taking place in the 60s was very fitting. How do you feel about this story? Uh, I first, I thought it first started out too slow for me. Uh, cause I, it's basically just like another Spider-Man story that I think I've seen or read a hundred times, but then it started to add the elements that I really enjoyed talking about the Vietnam war. I liked a lot. Uh, Flash going out to fight in the war, I thought was nice because that's touching because Flash loses his legs in uh in the war. Other uh, stuff with Iron Man fighting for the U.S. Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs. <laughs> uh, what's his face? Iron Man fighting for the U.S. in a very controversial war. I thought was really interesting as well too. Peter's moral dilemma of like, well, I mean, I'm not sure if I should go, if I should stay. Uh, so I thought it was really interesting. All makes all that's mixed in with Peter fighting Green Goblin and finding out that Green Goblin knows who he is. Yeah, and it was a classic Spider-Man tale told yes. in it in a brand new way. Holy shit, this was incredible. Yeah, I would say this was 
the ending of this too, which is probably one of my favorite endings in a long time for a first yeah, issue as well. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, obviously we weren't for spoilers, but it's a big spoiler. But we see Flash's uh, platoon come across a group of Viet Cong uh, women and children, and they look like they're about to gun them down. Uh, when you see a uh, red, white, and blue shield come out of nowhere and knock them all to the ground and disarm them. And they said, I heard the rumors you were a traitor. And you see a shirtless Captain America holding a shield saying, these people are under my protection. And that's how the book ends. Like, that was a powerful ending as well, too. Yeah, and the cool part is it might not even get addressed this Exactly, because we go on to the 70s uh, in issue two. Yep. It's, it left me floored. And not a lot of comic books leave me floored. And not a lot of miniseries encouraged me to buy the single issues. I'm buying every fucking issue. Yeah, this, this is something miniseries. I'd love to see Marvel do with other characters as well, too. I think yeah. like Wolverine would be a great fit for something like this, obviously. Uh, you could even do someone like the Punisher, how he changed through the year, how he reflects Captain America would be a great one, too. Uh, I don't think anybody fits as well as Spider-Man does with this, though. To be fair, like, I think they picked the best character to do this with. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, but right now we're going to go ahead and rank our issues for the week. All right, my worst of the week, uh, or for the month, actually, is actually going to be Invisible Kingdom by G. Willow Wilson. Like, it, like we both agreed it was a good book, but it was a lot for a single issue for an entirely new world. Yeah, before I get into my ranking, I'm going to say that this was the strongest month that we've ever seen. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think there's a bad book in this bunch. Before, I've I've hated some books, and I've strongly disliked some books, but all of these I thought were enjoyable. I definitely recommend picking up each of these mostly in trade form, not necessarily in a week-to-week format, but I love the shit out of all this. Um, but that being said, my number 12 is going to be Miss Marvel. I'm actually not far off. That's my number 11 uh, of the week. Cool. Uh, I mean, that's it just wasn't totally great. There's a lot of story, and if you're not super familiar with the character, you're going to be kind of lost. Uh, my number 11... Uh, Love you, Kevin Smith, but uh, Hit Girl is going to be my number 11 this week. I think Alex and I are going to start to really differentiate here. Yeah, I think we'll. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Black Hammer 45, uh, which is, I think, where we're going to differ- differentiate a lot, too. Yeah, uh, number 10 for me. I think I'm my number 10. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Meet the Scrolls. Uh, really good book. I really enjoyed it. That was a lot of fun. Mm, not my favorite. This week, uh, I'm gonna go with Assassination. Like, like, like it's not a bad book. Like Matt Southern, what's it called? Uh, it should be Assassination Nation, uh, <laughs> but it's Assassination. Uh, like I said, like there's really no bad books at all this week, and there's a lot of really good books. So this is what makes this week's harder. And I think this is a, a great read for a lot of people too. And yeah. I will keep reading this book too. I'm not, once the trade comes out, I'm definitely gonna read it. Yeah, I will definitely own that book, but I'll get into that later. I meet the scrolls for me. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'll definitely own the trade. I think you just said meet the scrolls. Did I really? Uh, yeah, Prisoner yeah. X. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> oh, Prisoner X. Okay, yeah, yeah. Next is Prisoner X for me. Sorry, my bad. I did uh, say I did say that. Uh, my next one is going to be uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to more. I love Kelly Thompson, and I never thought I'd be this excited about a Sabrina comic. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, right? Uh, for me, I will put my I think number eight at dial H for hero. Great book. A um, lot of fun. You pick it up. Try it out. Uh, my next one is going to be uh, Hit Girl uh, by Kevin Smith. Like like Matt said, like it's not the best, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm more excited to see where this book goes than where this issue started. 
yeah, I can I can get down for that. Uh, Sabrina's my next one. Uh, great, great comic. Kelly Thompson's a fantastic writer. And I didn't expect to like that book as much as I did, especially given the cover being so light and airy. So, cool. Uh, my next one's going to be uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel Universe. Uh, it's a great play on the history of Marvel, uh, kind of like we saw with a bit during uh, Jerry Duggan's Deadpool run with Brian Posehn, where he would go through the past and past adventures. But it's a little bit more in-depth to more classic moments. Uh, I'm going to say that my next one is Black Hammer 45. Uh, really, really good book, uh, and it's going to only get better. Uh, my next one's going to be Dial H for Heroes, uh, or Hero. I thought it was great. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see what kind of power he has just from his little rotary telephone. All right. Rounding out the top five here, I'm going to put Cosmic Ghost Rider. Uh, I absolutely love the Cosmic Ghost Rider and Frank Castle as that. Uh, it was one of the funniest. Uh, it might have been the funniest book that I read. Uh, my next one's going to be uh, probably Spider-Man Life Story. Uh it's a lot of story I'm familiar with in a way of this modern take. It did have the strongest ending and some of my favorite overall moments. Um, I thought the book itself from beginning to ending wasn't the strongest thing for me. Cool. Uh, I'm going to put Invisible Kingdom for my number four. G. Willow Wilson, G. Willow Wilson really hit the nail on the head and created a, a fun universe, um, albeit something that I never expected to read. Uh, just put it out there, and I absolutely loved it. Mine's going to be Prisoner X for next one. Uh, it was a great Bishop story. We don't get a lot of books hardly ever featuring Bishop as a lead. So if you're a big Bishop fan too, it's not only a great story, but it's with a character you love only getting some of the spotlight again. Uh, my number three is Assassin Nation. Uh, I loved this book, and I'm going to pick this one up weekly along with the other top three. Uh, and It's only going to be the top three that I really pick up <laughs> weekly. I might grab Invisible Kingdom too, but Assassination was a lot of fun. It was funny. Uh, the art style is fun. I cannot recommend it highly enough. My number two is going to be Meet the Scrolls. Uh, this is a book that has no business being as good as it is, but somehow it turned out that way. Uh, you and I are going to share number one this week, pal. Uh, Spider-Man is my number two. Um, the life story was absolutely fantastic, but there are moments of weakness early on where it starts a little slow. I'm not going to lie. I still enjoyed it. But it takes a second to ramp up. And once it does, it's one of the best comic books I've ever read. And it's going to be potentially the best trade of the year. Like, I'm not going to dispute That's that. That's a bold all. prediction in March already. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think that it could end that way. Um, this is a really, really strong month. But I was so excited for my number one book and your number one book, The Goon. Yes, it's everything we loved about The Goon. We're so glad it's back in our lives. We hope it never leaves us ever again. Yeah, don't ever go away, Eric Pelos. Stop writing other stuff. Yeah, exactly. No other books, just more Goon all the time. It's like when you go to the country, you're like, just play your hits. No encore. I just want (laughs) taking care of business right now and to get to the taking care of business part. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. The only concert I ever see is somebody who's going to play Achy Breaky Heart 800 times. That's Uh, right, Billy Ray. I was like, I thought. Let's just use a karaoke night. <laughs> uh, and that's going to wrap it up for this week's uh, Henchman of Comics. Uh, you might be wondering, wait, you guys, you dum-dums, forgot a major issue that came out for the month of March. Uh, we'll have no fear because Detective Comics 1000 is getting its very own episode. And that's going to be our topic of discussion for next week. Yeah, we're going to talk all things Batman next week. We're going to talk about uh, some of our favorite Batman runs. We're going to talk about some of our favorite Batman issues. 
We're going to talk about uh, which one of us is more likely to uh, whack off to masturbate or whack off to uh, Batman. Spoiler alert, it's me. I was going to ask who your favorite member of the Bat family was, but I mean, yours got really erotic really quickly. Yeah, I get down with Batman and Catwoman porn constantly. That's all. Well, as always, you can email us at the (laughs) internet of comics at gmail.com. Don't do that. Don't ever email me. (laughs) I don't want to read that. Uh, But you can find us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. But what we really want you to do is subscribe, download our podcast, um, and maybe we'll send you a bumper sticker that actually doesn't exist. You can buy us a Tesla and we'll send you a bumper. (laughs) We'll make you a bumper sticker (laughs) for our Teslas. Fair trade. We will take a picture of it and we will send you that. But that's going to wrap it up for this week's Community Comics. I'm Alex Ashback. And I am... Matt's forgotten who he is. It's been a stroke of amnesia, despite being one of the top 200 Matt's. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, it's not good enough to remember your name. Uh, And I can't come up with anything good this week. Thank you. (laughs) Pension ain't easy.